0: Love Talk Radio. The sky's broadcasting
1: live With billions of people Camels on the streets tracking who we meet and call this liberty
2: That the nation is run correctly And uh, that is what the founders Intended for us to do And that is a job that we should be doing And we should be thinking about that every day How can we make this a better nation And uh, You can't make it a better nation By pounding on the TV Or at least it didn't work for me I ended up uh, Having to find some other way to plug myself in And the way I did that was I became a member of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association they're the folks that sponsor the Appleseed Project. And the Appleseed Project is dedicated to bringing you the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. Uh, that's not just me saying that. That's uh, that's basically anybody uh, who knows anything about rifle marksmanship saying that. That is the folks uh, from uh, from Mister Rawls. If you read any of the uh, Rawlsian uh, books, then you'll see that uh, that we're there and published uh, in his books as uh, the place to go to get rifle marksmanship. Now he lists other folks, NRA, stuff like that, but we're right at the top of the list because we do the best job. We do the absolute best job of taking folks, whether they've never touched a rifle before or if they are shooting in competition, taking folks, getting them on the line and giving them a solid foundation in the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship. Not the basics, not the uh, the bullet comes out of this end stuff, but the things that you need to know in order to make the shot. Building a stable shooting position, which is always number one, because without a stable shooting position, all else is for naught. If you can't hold the rifle steady when you're making the shot, then, then what good are you doing? So we're going to show you how to build a stable shooting position, We're going to teach you how to execute the shot by the six steps. We're going to teach you about inches, minutes, and clicks, how they pertain to your rifle. We're going to talk to you about your natural point of aim, what it is, how to determine what it is, and how to shift it onto the target once you understand what it is. We'll talk to you about the rifleman's bubble. We'll talk to you about slings. We'll talk to you about shooting in different positions while under the time constraints. While well, under the time constraints of a of a time shooting course, and while you're shooting at multiple targets, you know I get folks uh, I get folks all the time. Not as much now as they as I used to, but when I would start talking to folks about the apple seed project, they would they would say, "Yeah, you know that that, that all sounds good, but uh, <clears throat> uh, you know what I'm really looking for is you know a." Uh, uh practical rifle course. I'd say okay, really, so what is that? Is that like uh is that something like where you would be uh taught to shoot uh in different positions at multiple targets uh under the constraints of uh of time limits while uh being asked to do uh reloads, magazine changes, etc. And they say, yeah, you know, something like that. Something that's uh, more practical. I said, all right. Because that's what we do. We're not going to teach you to uh we're not going to teach you any tactics or do any training. As far as training implying that we're going to show you something to use at a later date, what we're going to do is we're going to give you some rock solid fundamentals of rifle marksmanship instruction. And while you're getting that phone in as a freebie, you're going to get some history. And history is very important. A lot of people say, history? What What are you doing with history? Why, uh, why do you worry about that? Well, listen, folks, each and every one of us are the sum of our history. Uh, we didn't just arrive at whatever our current age is uh, as a blank slate. We have within us uh, layer upon layer upon layer of history and learning. So does our nation. History is very important. They talk about uh, those who do not understand their history are doomed to repeat it, and that's absolutely true. If you don't know what you've done, then how are you going to know what to do? And the answer is by knowing your history. And thrown in as an absolute freebie at the Appleseed course is a ton of history. Now, we can't give you all the history of the last 230-plus years of America, but we can get you started by giving you a good starting point, and that's April 19, 1775. <clears throat> that's the day our nation was started. So we can talk to you about the events of April 191775. Who the players were, what they did, why they did it, and what the outcome of the day was. And this is very important because, because of this day, because of the the events that occurred on this day, it set in motion uh, the beginning of a nation, a nation founded on documents. So that the events of April 19, 1775 Never had to be repeated again
3: They went through this
2: They saw what happened They saw that they uh, they, did, they had no other recourse But to take up uh, arms In order to separate themselves From England And because of that They developed documents uh, Absolutely brilliant documents To protect us from having to do that again. So why isn't it working right now? Well, the, the the documents, the system that's put in place is still a viable system. The reason it's not working is because the folks uh, who were given the responsibility to work this system are not working it. That's us. The folks who were given the responsibility of ensuring that the government maintains its uh, duty as a servant to the people, are no longer fulfilling their responsibilities. Uh, They've delegated those responsibilities to the government. Instead of saying uh, to the government, here we are the people, we are uh, the actual government, and you're going to do the things that we need you to do as a people, the things that we need you to do, in order to provide for our well-being, our safety, et cetera. Not, you guys do what you think is best, because that's the level that we've fallen to now. We've fallen to the level where we've delegated this uh, to our representatives, to our senators and congressmen. We've delegated it to the point that they no longer ask the government, which is us, they no longer ask the government what they should or shouldn't do. They just do what they want to do, and some of them are good folks, and some of them are not so good folks. They do what they want to do because they feel that there's going to be little or no fallout from it. There are not enough Americans paying attention to what the government's doing for for them to get caught doing anything. The apathy level in the nation has grown to such a, uh, to such a point that that nobody calls them on what they're doing. Now, there's a lot of different reasons for this. We're not going to go into a whole lot of it, but
3: <clears throat> I will
2: say that uh, that for most conservatives, for most of the folks that I know, <clears throat> while they're upset about stuff, they they don't take it further. They, in their mind, in the minds of most good people, they feel that certainly uh, the government will not do things that are wrong. The, the government will not do things that are harmful because because they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. And somebody certainly will stop them if they did. The only problem with that theory is that the people that are saying that are the people that are supposed to be stopping them. And that's what we're trying to do. That's one of the uh one of the goals of the Appleseed project, to get folks off the couches and get the remotes out of their hands, get them on a firing line so that they can learn about rifle marksmanship. They can learn to shoot to four minutes of arc with a rat grade rifle and surplus ammunition which means that they can put uh, ten rounds uh, into uh, oh, into a target a little bit bigger than a pie plate at uh, a quarter mile with iron sights we're getting them to start there because that's a heritage that is passed down uh... from the founding fathers directly to us rifle marksmanship is one of the things that as Americans, that is part of our culture and part of our heritage. And then while they're there, we're going to try to explain to them about their responsibilities, about the responsibilities that were paid for in blood by the men and women who stood together in ranks on April 19th, 1775, so that we would not have to. <clears throat> you have folks all the time, you hear the the Internet uh The keyboard commandos You know who I'm talking about The folks that uh, are so ready uh, To say that uh, If anything happens They're going to get in their bunkers And they'll have to pry their Rifles from their cold dead hands What good is that? That's uh, That's useless Uh, If you've let the problems of this nation degenerate to the point where there's armed conflict, then it's over. It's ruined. It's destroyed. The documents designed to keep this nation uh, running uh, have failed. Uh, The documents didn't fail. The people failed. You can't say that when all else fails, I'll go and grab my rifle and I'll get in my bunker and I'll have the uh uh the m g m type uh showdown because at that point you failed you failed in your responsibility to maintain the nation to s- safeguard the rights and freedoms of this nation. all the stuff that you have to be done it has to be done has to be done long before it ever reaches that point, so you can't just sit back. And delegate your authority, or put in as your own personal say, uh, your own personal period to a story that uh, that you will commit some type of a uh, Harakiri uh, if everything goes bad, because that does nothing for anyone. What you have to do is to make a commitment to yourself, to your family, to your community, to your state, and to your nation that you're going to do everything you can, everything possible. So that it never reaches that point. Now that sounds like it's going to be a lot of work, doesn't it? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. It is. It is going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of uh, time-consuming work. You can't sit back and expect someone to do it for you. There's also the, uh, the saying that is... Uh, All that is necessary for evil to uh, to win is for good men to do nothing, and that is one hundred percent true. There is there is good and evil in the world. All right, there is, and uh, I'm not going to say that it's uh, that it's uh, always a concerted effort on an organized evil. Uh, to do things to damage the nation. But I will say that there is always a battle of good and evil. If there wasn't, why would we need police? Why would we need laws? Why, Why any of that? Because there's always going to be a battle between good and evil. And if you want evil to win, simply sit back and do nothing. Get on your couch, get the remote control, Hit the uh, switches until you get to a good uh, thirty-minute sitcom, something where uh, where everybody's happy and smiling, and uh, then there's some type of uh, dramatic problem that's introduced and it's resolved uh, within the uh, the actual twenty-one minutes of programming, and then everybody's smiling at the end. Everything's good. Everything's happy again. And then flip from that one, flip directly to the uh, next 30 minute sitcom. And you can live your life that way. <clears throat> you can live your life that way from one 30 minute sitcom to the next. <clears throat> and uh, that's not a lot of work. Unfortunately, that's also the uh, the recipe for failure. We have a debt that we owe the men and women who began this nation, the folks from April 19, 1775, all the way up to the folks today, all the way up to the men and women uh, serving in the armed forces, in law enforcement, in in, uh, in uh, American uh, capitalistic ventures. <clears throat> we have a duty to ourselves first and then to all of these folks to honor them By helping to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that so many died for from the beginning of this nation up till now. You can't just sit and do nothing. You owe it to yourself, to your family, your community, your state, and your nation. To give, to pass down to the the generations coming after you a better nation than the one you received. Not a worse one. You can't hand something to your kids and say, you know, hey, sorry, kids, this really sucks. Uh, the nation is pretty much a disaster now, and yeah, we could have done something about it, but <clears throat> I don't know. It was a lot of work, uh, and I, I had so many other things to do. Uh, there was a lot of football on during those years, a lot of NASCAR, uh, a lot of sitcoms, uh, you know, just a lot of stuff that I had to that I had to do that took precedence. Over safeguarding your freedoms and liberties I'm going to be dead soon So, you know I'm not going to have to worry about it too much But uh, your lives are pretty much going to suck From now on Sorry So Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work But There's no other way around it There's nothing else There's nothing else that can be done I feel bad because I, I waited so many years uh, to see the problem because I, I was caught up just like uh, most of the other uh, ignorant, apathetic Americans. I'll put myself right in there with the ranks with them <clears throat> because uh, I'm out uh, on my ranch, minding my own business, doing my work, and in my mind I'm thinking certainly, certainly somebody's uh, watching out for my rights, for the rights and the freedoms of my. And my family They're going to be taking care of me So i got no worries over that And uh, that's not really what happened uh, Slowly the erosion uh, Of the rights and freedoms of this nation uh, Were going on day after day You've heard me discuss it many times its It's really hard at times To get folks motivated In order to do something about this Because there is no There is no concrete enemy in front of us at this time it's an abstract nebulous uh, type of an enemy it's a rust it's a, a rust on the nation if there was uh, if there was a carload of uh, jihadists uh, or, or I, you know I don't want to pick on any one uh, group of terrorists uh, or if there was a, a group of shining path terrorists or uh or, or any other group, with a truckload of explosives headed for the bridge that your kid's school bus has to cross in order to get home, is there a limit in your mind to uh, to the lengths you would go to to prevent that from happening? Not for me. If I didn't crash my car into them and blow myself up, then that's what I would do in order to stop them from harming my children, my family, my community, my nation? The only problem is <clears throat> that's not what we're facing today. Now, the problem just is real. It's just less easy to see. That same bridge that your kids are going to have to cross to get home is in peril. It has rust eating through this steel in a thousand places. You just can't see it so good because it's eating its way through the steel underneath the paint. The paint's kind of bubbling up, and you look at it, and you go, eh, something's wrong with that. It doesn't look right. It looks like, I don't know, some rust or something might be under there. Someday we'll have to do something about that. i tell you what, that rust is going to bring that bridge down just as certain as 20 tons of ammonium nitrate in a shining path uh, U-Haul truck, just as certain it's going to crash into the river, just as certain as it could be blown there. It's just taking a little bit more time, and it's not as glamorous, it's not as sexy to do something about it. There's uh, there's no truck to run out in front of and uh, and you'll give me liberty or give me death, uh, you know, as it detonates. Instead, there are thousands of feet of steel that need to be uh, chipped clean and scraped and uh, sanded and uh, places that need to be welded and repainted. <clears throat> and if you've ever done any painting, and most of us have, you understand that's one of the most hideous forms of torture that can be assigned to a person, to give them a job of scraping uh, and painting. It's horrible. And yet, it has to be done. And that's what we're trying to do now. Now, you can you can make it exciting, you know, in small ways. One of the ways you can make it exciting is getting involved with the Apple Project. That is a way for you to... Uh, to enlist your services uh, into safeguarding, protecting the rights uh, and freedoms of the citizens of this nation. There's plenty of other ways. Uh, for me, I found that the Appleseed Project was uh, was the best way for me, it was the best fit. <clears throat> now I know that currently uh, there's a lot of talk going on uh, on the uh throughout the program mostly on the forum mostly on the forum or on Facebook stuff like that <clears throat> uh of folks that are dissatisfied uh with the program for one reason or another and uh, nobody's going to say that you can't get dissatisfied with a program that you're volunteering for all right you you are a uh, free man, free woman under the Constitution just like everybody else is. Plus, you're a volunteer in the program. If you want to volunteer and help the program, great. If you don't, then don't. If you're dissatisfied with the program, either take steps to to help correct what you see as problems, take steps to correct them in a gentleman's fashion, or as a gentleman, bow out and go do something somewhere else. If I were so upset with a volunteer program that I was in that it was forcing me to go onto public forums and things like Facebook and stuff like that and write hateful and spiteful things in a public uh, forum uh, about the volunteer organization I was with, I can guarantee you I would have quit long before I ever had to, uh, to sink to that level. I would quit and I would go to wherever my heart told me to go one of the things that uh that we as as patriots are absolutely excellent at is eating our dead is punching each other in the face uh, long before anybody else will I'm sure that the the evil powers that be uh sit back and just laugh their butts off. When they see us going after each other uh, like piranha. <clears throat> because what do they have to do? They don't have to do anything. Uh, we'll eat each other to death uh, ourselves. We'll do it ourselves. We'll tear each other up. We'll punch each other in the face. My gosh, we don't even need an outside enemy. Uh, we'll destroy ourselves. Let's go. Hurry. Right, let's hurry up and destroy ourselves before, before the bad guys do it. <clears throat> Doesn't that sound ridiculous? And yet... Uh, we do it, and I'm not just talking about uh, appleseed. I'm talking about all of the, the gun culture folks. Always so ready to, to yell at each other and go at each other's throat. <clears> throat> it's, it's just amazing to me. I don't understand it. The absolute opposite is what we should be looking at: uh, shaking hands with, uh, uh, with other groups, with other like-minded groups, forming alliances, <clears throat> so that instead of one ant that can be crushed underfoot by the shoe at any time it wants to. Uh, we've got a five-foot ant bed that uh, any time per- a person puts one foot in the ant bed, uh, and they can't just put uh, one foot in the ant bed to get to the center of it. They'd have to put both feet in to get to the center of it. And uh, let me tell you, if you have any experience with fire ants, you put both feet in a fire ant uh, mound, and uh, you'll be busy for the next uh, 20 or 30 minutes uh, trying to fix the mess you've got yourself in. That's what we should be doing. We should be making alliances with each other, strengthening our positions, instead of going after each other with machetes. <clears throat> All right. That's my, that's my spiel on that. Well, at the beginning of the show... Uh, what we always do is we give folks a chance to <clears throat> call in and thank their local crews. And uh, listen, I paid for fifty out of my own pocket. I don't get a penny from Appleseed for apple seed for, uh, for any of the radio sh- uh, stuff that I do, and it's it runs me about uh, yeah, I guess about twelve fifteen hundred a year. And uh, I paid for fifty lines on the switchboard. Because I said, you know, if I ask folks to call in and thank their local crews, I'm going to get stampeded. I'm going to have a tsunami of people calling in to say thanks to their local crews.
0: <clears throat>
2: so that's kind of what I'm expecting from you guys during the first portion of the show here. When I say give us a call in and uh, and thank your local folks, uh, folks that have passed – that. Have been, Appleseed is a lot of work all right uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and uh and, and sweeten this up too much Appleseed is a volunteer organization and uh it's it's one of the uh, probably most time consuming and uh and difficult job uh organizations you can volunteer for because we're gonna ask you to jump through a bunch of hoops uh in order to help your Fellow American citizen, now they're not—they're uh, not crazy hoops. We're just going to make sure that you have really learned your craft before we put you on the line and give you control of a firing line, give you and let you run your own show at Appleseed.
0: <clears throat>
2: but those folks that do do the hard work and that do perfect their craft, then they will be running their own shows at Appleseed. And uh, every show is uh, almost like an independent nation in the Appleseed Project. Yes, there's Appleseed guidelines you have to adhere to to make it an Appleseed. But we give you plenty of leeway in between those. So you you are a free man uh, under the Appleseed guidelines to run your show uh, and tailor it to your ways. But before you do that, we're going to make sure that you know your craft. So we ask a lot of our instructors, and once they become – Red hats, shoot bosses, and long before that as their IITs, we're asking them to do a lot of events, asking them to give up a lot of days in order to do this. And we're really good at doing this. We're really good at uh, getting folks to do it. We're really good at uh, at jumping on these folks' backs and uh, putting the spurs to them and riding them until they uh, collapse in the road. And sometimes what we're not so good about is telling them thanks. I try to always make sure that... Uh, that I thank the folks, especially my local crews working with me, uh, all the folks across the nation uh, that I'm working with <clears throat> and uh, and I think it is is it important that you do the same things. If you got some folks that have passed their PCs, uh let them know that you know that they passed the PC and thank them for it. Some folks shot to rifleman standards, thank them for that. Uh, if you have somebody that is uh, a, a new Red Hat, a new shoot boss, et cetera, if they just ran a great event, then thank them for that. If you got some folks that I'm going to thank right now, which is the whole crew of folks uh, that do the really suck jobs that nobody else wants to do, and they do them uh, excellent, uh, is uh, Savage Shooter uh, for uh getting all the events on the page, which is no small job. Uh, We're talking about thousands of events that have to be listed, and uh, it's not just pressing a button because if you send in a shoot that's lacking some stuff, she's going to shoot it back to you because she's reading them. She's not just just punching buttons like a monkey there. She's doing her job as we've asked her to do it. And it's a thankless job, and I want to make sure that I thank her for doing her job. I want to thank uh, Believer, who is a master instructor in the program and is the guy that does all of the uh, the accounting for the program. Another thankless job uh, and time-consuming, and yet uh, he doesn't complain. Uh, he grabs his pen and paper and uh, whatever else he needs, and he does his job day in and day out. And uh, he while well, at the same time he's also running events. So I want to thank Believer. He's a very good man. If you have questions about uh, about the money in Appleseed, recently we've had folks <clears throat> commenting on the uh, on the Appleseed war chest, as they call it, on the big four hundred thousand uh, dollar, which is less than it was a year ago. The big four hundred thousand dollars, the gold mine that Appleseed has. <clears throat> Well, listen, folks, uh, people, I, I don't understand it. They're suspicious because Appleseed has money in the bank. Now, listen, this isn't just a bank that somebody can run out there and put their hands on. This isn't a, a, uh, uh, a nonprofit uh, account. Nobody can mess with this. Nobody can go up there and get any money out of it. Uh, Anybody that tried doing that would be an absolute idiot. The IRS and all of the other uh, uh, agencies which cover this, believe me, they take a very dim view of jacking with nonprofit money, and they will put you in prison at the drop of a hat. They love doing that. The other thing is having money in a bank account in a nonprofit is not in itself any kind of an indication of any evil doing. I, I don't understand that. <clears throat> Listen, let me ask you this Would you rather be a volunteer in an organization that uh, had some money in the bank or an organization that was always broke? Uh, an organization that didn't have some money in the bank would scare me to death. The least little thing, the least little glitch. And that organization's gone. It's done. It's history. Let me also let you know this, too. That $400,000. That's not something that uh, goes into the apple seed coffers every year. We're talking about $400,000 built up after uh, almost six years of doing this. Not only that, but uh, the money is not uh building up it's actually starting to decrease because we're doing a lot more events but we're getting a lot uh lower turnouts out there, them right so if you do uh, 100 events in a year and you have uh, uh 50 people at those events uh, all paying 70 bucks a piece then you get a uh, you get a pretty good sum of money but when you start doing 1000 events with uh 10 to 12 people at them uh, the the dynamics change all right because you're you're sending 10 times the number of hotel rooms travel uh shipping of boxes etc but you're getting only one uh, fifth of the income
4: <clears throat> and we're still
2: doing it And we're still enlarging the uh, free categories. Uh, If anybody has any questions about the money, I implore you to uh, PM Believer. Believer knows everything that's going on uh, as far as the money goes. He can uh, – Believer, let me apologize if this starts any kind of a, a, a PM rush for you. At least I'm not doing it in April, right? He can explain to you the uh, the money situation, <clears throat> because uh, because frankly I'm kind of dumbfounded every time I hear somebody yelling "Appleseed has four hundred thousand dollars in the bank," and it's a, a, and it makes me very disconcerted. Uh, for what? Why? We have to have something to pay the bills. Uh, and listen, I'll tell you another secret too that. Uh, that the organization got started, and it got uh, funded to begin with. There was no uh, people paying in for it to get started with. That came from uh, Fred's own pockets. And listen, the last thing Fred uh, needs to do is is to be worried about or coveting uh, $400,000 in uh, Applebee coffers. Fred is not a dummy he already he had already made his money before he started appleseed okay uh the success that Appleseed is having isn't a fluke; it came about because he's a very intelligent person he uh he has his own companies he's had several companies, and you guys are well aware of the last one. Fred's m fourteen stock <clears throat> so uh, so Fred coveting uh, the small amount of money that is uh, in the Appleseed war chest is pretty ridiculous. He's put a ton of his own money into the program. The ads that you see in Shotgun News, uh, if I believe, I remember from speaking with him about it, I think they're running about 5000 or more a month. That's not coming out of Appleseed. That's him paying the money, 5000 a month for the Full-page ad on Appleseed. The uh, billboards. we put billboards up, they're uh, $1,500 a piece. Anytime people have needed money for uh, uh, for different things, for getting a range, for leasing a range, things like that, as far as I know, the ones that I know about, it's been given to them. So if anyone still has worries about the money, PM believer, and if that doesn't satisfy you, if you still have some type of a, uh, a worry about money in Appleseed, take your suspicions to some governing authority. Have them run the Appleseed books. Otherwise, belay all the funny money uh, talk that's going on. It's It's ridiculous, and it's beneath the people that are doing it. <clears throat> all right. What is that? Rant number two or three? <clears throat> uh, okay. Well, I got off on a, uh, uh, I got off on a bit of a rant there, and I apologize for that. The main thing I wanted to say was <clears throat> I'd like for you guys to to call in and give thanks to your local crews. Let them know that you see what they're doing. Most of the time, that's all a volunteer needs to know is that people see. Uh, That he is expending is valuable time. That he is putting effort into the program. The thing that will kill a volunteer organization quickest is people not being recognized. To think that their that their efforts are going unknown. All right. So Savage Shooter, uh, Believer, uh, uh, Don D and uh, uh, Paul Hunt Pop Respiratory Pop doing the uh, instructor promotions. Uh, The folks on the advisory board And listen, you guys are holding Keep holding for just a minute Because I want to go over something else real quick And then I'll I'll, I'll put you on Believe me, we'll give you your time on here Uh, For those of you that know me You know that uh, I've been with the program Since it began And I've been on every uh, Every Steering committee advisory board, etc that there's ever been <clears throat> i've been in uh I've been party to almost every single discussion about the leadership of the program that has gone on and uh, I wish and, you know one time we were talking about having uh uh like the steering committees and the other boards uh giving uh the general membership access as a read only uh but but there was no way for us to do it, so we didn't. So that you could see what we talk about there, <clears throat> without having without having to worry about you guys with uh, a thousand people posting. But if you could see what was going on in these discussions, all, all of these uh, all of these claims of Fred being a dictator would be dispelled. <clears throat> like I said, I've I've been in and I've been party to almost every major discussion uh, for every bit of policy that's gone on in the program. And I'll tell you right now, I've never seen Fred run roughshod over any of the advisory boards, uh, any of the steering committees, or anything else. Any time that, uh, and there's no, uh, the people in the groups have never been rubber stampers. None of them they're all people that you know. There's not some shadowy uh, uh circle of uh, uh of advisors rubbing their hands together uh murmuring about uh sticking it to the the appleseed folks. These are all poke folks that you know your your own uh friends and buddies that are doing that are members of the advisory groups or steering committee et cetera anyway, there has never been. Fred uh sitting in a chair, dictating things that were rubber stamped by the uh, the rest of the folks on the board uh It has never been that way matter of fact, it's usually just the opposite
4: uh
2: If you want to see some real good fights, you could go back to the archives of uh steering and uh, w l x and advisory, and you can see the the arguments that have gone on. <clears throat> Sometimes Fred might want to do something that, uh, that other people don't agree on, and they tell him. And there's not a case that I know of where he said, uh, to hell with all of you. I'm going to do it regardless if you all think it's a bad idea or not. I'm going to do it anyway. I've never seen that happen. Uh, it's either been altered or scrapped or uh, or it just died from nobody doing anything about it. Uh, at the same time, uh, at the same time, the advisory folks have never been rubber stampers. They, there are there are plenty of times when there have been ideas, and some good ideas, and some bad ones, uh, that have either been shot down, or the folks said, "I don't agree with it, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have a part of this." and uh, and that could be an idea that somebody else brought up uh, instead of Fred. <clears throat> For the most part, I'm telling you right now, that uh, everybody thinks that uh, Fred is uh, some kind of a non-benevolent uh, non, non, non uh, benevolent dictator. Uh, and, you know, he, to a certain degree it is because it's his show. He's the one that started this. He's the one that... Uh, is running it, but I'll also tell you this, that I have no doubt whatsoever that <clears throat> if Fred uh, came across some folks that uh, that he thought were uh, true to his idea, his vision of what the organization should be, he would turn it over to them in a heartbeat because uh, he's done that over and over Uh he delegates, he hands things off to people. There may be a, a few small instances where he delegates, I mean where he uh, micromanages stuff, uh, but they are very few. Uh, it, for the most part, uh, he's, putting the, uh, he's putting the control of ideas and stuff like that and policies, et cetera, into the hands of the people that come up with the good ideas. And unless they start driving them uh, into the ground at terminal velocity, he doesn't jack with it. Matter of fact, there have been plenty of times when myself and other folks have said, "Please uh, stop this person or, or throw them out, etc." And he wouldn't. Why do you think that uh, for so long there have been folks in the program that were that were thorny and uh, and causing trouble, et cetera? Because because Fred refused to uh, throw somebody out just because they were uh, yelling and screaming or throwing a tantrum. So, uh, and the uh, and that reminds me of another thing that I'm gonna rant about here too. <clears throat> I hear this all the time, folks saying, "We got a gag on. We can't say anything. We can't say anything on the forum, or we get uh, we get shut down." Blah blah blah. Uh for the people that are saying that, you guys must not go to any other forums because I'll tell you right now that <clears throat> there is no other forum that I've ever seen anywhere that uh, lets folks go on and on and on and on without shutting the thread down. There's not one anywhere You go to some of these other forums and just take a look. You don't even have to be a member. Take a look at what happens. Look at how many closed threads they have. They will slam them down in a heartbeat. They'll shut it off, and we don't. We don't. uh, uh, We don't shut down. We don't lock threads unless they just get absolutely ridiculous. Uh, We don't uh, uh, hide or delete posts. so Anyway, that's my uh that's my rant on that. All right. Uh let me get to the callers. Uh, thank you guys for waiting. I'm sorry I uh I started yelling. Uh but uh, let me get to the callers. And listen, also before before anybody uh uh let me uh, let me just tell you guys about some of the upcoming shows. I'll just tell you about one real quick. Next week we're going to have uh, Sheriff Richard Mack. You guys know Sheriff Mack. Anyway, he called me this week, uh, and uh, I actually had spoken to him uh, a while back, and we've been talking about this. Anyway, he's got the time to call me uh, this week and asked if he'd come on to next week's show. <clears throat> and I said that we'd be glad to have him. He's got a new uh, project that he's working on and uh, we're going to get him to come on the show and talk about that and <clears throat> and give you guys a chance uh to call and talk to uh Sheriff Mack and ask him questions all right so that will be next week I'll get the uh, uh the show URL and stuff posted so that you guys can uh, can have access to it <clears throat> all right uh let's see
3: i've got uh okay I've got
2: a message here about one of the callers, so let me find out. Let me see if I can connect these two together. <clears throat> All right, uh, Hawk. Uh, I don't see uh, I don't see Patriot listed here, so. <clears throat> Uh, if you will get her to call in, then we will be glad to get the, uh, uh, the announcement out. Uh, just have her call in and uh, tell us the call screener who, who it is so he can put the, uh, the name up there. Right now we're going to take uh, the uh, USMC vet. Welcome to the show. You're on the air. Hey, great. Thanks. I appreciate
5: it. You guys do great work, and I just want to say keep it up. And uh, And the rants have a purpose, too. For everyone that's not familiar with uh, the art of marksmanship, I would challenge them to uh, get involved with the Apple Appleseed program. It is very worthwhile, uh, not only from the aspect of the skill of learning how to shoot, which is something that every man and every every father should teach his son, but uh, but there's, it's also a lesson in um, the American history, how we got where we are today, well, maybe not where we got today, but with the original intent behind the founders that gave us this great confederated republic. And um, I'd like to offer a shout-out to the Appleseed guys here in North Georgia. Sean Jerry is a good friend of mine uh, that invited me to an Appleseed shoot to a range in Waco, Georgia, that is currently under attack by the local politicians that um, whoever's listening tonight uh they can you know I'm sure you can get on the internet and, and look it up. There's a uh, there's a there's a range in Waco, Georgia that's under attack to be closed down and and you know it's it's it's, it's Waco, Georgia. Dump.
2: Isn't that the uh isn't that the camp from Band of Brothers?
5: That I don't know, but it's basically just a very large uh many, many acres, it's a garbage dump and and you you drive in and you you have this this berm and this hundred yard uh avenue that you can shoot down and it's it's just amazing uh, Oh, people-
2: I think I heard about that didn't they shut it down for a while because uh because they had so many active uh trash dumpers out there am am I thinking about that right?
5: You may be. I think the latest argument is that the local landowners or the adjacent landowners are arguing that people are out there with, you know, fifty BMG and it's, it's a noise issue, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, and even if that were the case, and it's not. Even if it were the case, that's, that's that's not a good argument to close it down because it's the value achieved from teaching young people how to shoot, you know, twenty-two caliber, you know, Ruger rifles. Would easily uh, uh, overcome any objections, but right.
2: Well, exactly. What you're lunch? saying about that is is the exact thing that I try and get across to folks. That's one of the uh, one of the purposes of Appleseed. You know, in Appleseed, we ask you to to come out and learn to shoot. You learn about the history, and then you do the main thing. The main thing that Appleseed is dedicated to is to getting you to understand that it's up to you to make yourself the best person you can be. That means getting involved. So I always tell folks, you get involved right uh, starting right, you look down at your feet, and that's where you start. You start moving out in in, uh, ever-increasing circles from there. Now, that includes becoming a member of NRA, GOA, all of the the, uh, state rifle associations. It also means becoming a member of your local range, just for the fact that you uh, just stated, because the ranges in this nation, they're going to come under ever more increasing pressure to close them down. It's going to take yes. the concerted efforts of all of the people that are living uh, in those areas to become members of the ranges and to become supporters of the ranges and and to, uh, to become involved in protecting them. Because if not, they're going to close them down one by one, and you're going to be left with nowhere to shoot. Yes, I have to agree with
5: that. I'm reminded of the um, – I guess there was a a Lutheran minister uh, that was credited with saying that, you know, when they came for the Traisman, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Traisman. And when they came for the communist, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Communist. And and, and so on and so forth. And uh, Martin Niemöller was this guy's name. And that's something that we as Americans have to confront is that uh, we can't no longer sit on our hands and watch the Liberties taken away from our friends and neighbors and associates because at some time uh, the the liberties will be taken from us
2: right and that's exactly one of my rants earlier that's exactly what i'm talking about is that the gun folks the gun culture folks are so ready to punch each other in the face they don't even need any other enemies and at the time when they're saying well yeah they're going after so-and-so range but i don't care because i don't really like those guys anyway and that's what's going to happen just what you said yeah, they're going after those guys, but guess who's next? It's going to be you. You can't uh, sit by. You can't punch each other in the face. You're going to have to hold hands. You're going to have to work out a program uh, of mutual uh, support so that you, so that each of us is helping in the other one instead of punching them in the face.
5: Absolutely, and I would I would go on and I would say to everyone who's listening tonight that's never been in the, in the military. Um, you know, I went through Marine boot camp, and I went through Camp Pendleton, and I went through uh, marksmanship training at Epson Range. And I qualified as expert in rifle. And, and uh, day one, Monday, I shot 235 out of 250, uh, which was a high for the platoon. And uh, due to pressure from the drill instructors, I, I didn't achieve that level on qualification day Friday. But I'll tell you this: I will tell you this, that that when I went to the Appleseed training. And they started talking about um, uh, finding your your comfort level and finding your your your. In fact, I'm um, at a loss for words. You can you can get into the rigmarole of it for me to fill in the blanks, but but basically, it, my experience at the rifle at the appleseed rifle shoot what put me back in the boot camp because these guys know what they're talking about and they will help you learn how to shoot. All you have to do is follow instructions. And um, and and learning how to shoot and becoming a marksman is what made America what it is. So um, that's all I got to say. And I just want to say I appreciate what you guys do. And I'm gonna sign off and list on the internet. Thanks. God bless. All right. Listen. Thank
2: you, USMC vet, and the rest of the folks there in uh, North Georgia. And be sure and tell uh, if you see uh, Son of Martha, if you see Ron out there, be sure and tell him I said hey and. and keep doing what you guys are doing. And listen, you're welcome to call in any time. Matter of fact, I'd appreciate it if you'd call in, uh, USMC vet, and give me updates on North Georgia. I'd uh, appreciate that. You willing to do that? You bet. Yes, yeah, certainly will. Be glad to. My pleasure. All, right. All right. Thank you very right. much. And uh, and we'll talk to you again uh, next time you call in.
0: I'll
2: look All right. To it. Take care. Bye bye. Uh, okay. Now we've got Patriot Gal. She said she had some stuff, to, some information she wanted to get out to us uh, about the Great uh, Plains. And uh, welcome to the show, Patriot Gal.
4: Hey, Scout. It's great to be here.
2: Oh, what do you got?
4: Well, I had an interesting discussion with um, Fred the other day, and we were talking about Illinois and things that are going on in Illinois, and all of a sudden he starts talking to me about these other states, and I'm starting to think, what is he talking to me about these other states for? And then um, he said, well, Major Gal, you let me know if you want to be the regional coordinator for the Great Plains region, and I'll give you a day to give me an answer. <laughs> so I said, oh, Wow, he must have
2: been in a great mood. He gave you a whole day to uh, give him an answer? <laughs>
4: Well, first he said I'll give you till tomorrow, and it was later in the evening. So he says, "No, I'll give you a whole day to let me know." So yeah, he really cut me some flexor, And I said, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, Castle Mountain's gonna have a fit on this one." <laughs> well, <laughs> Fine.
2: you know, anytime anybody's willing to step up, uh, one of the things that we've learned in the program is when if somebody opens their mouth to to step up for something, then that's when you yank as hard as you can, and you set the that whole treble hook in their mouth and uh, start reeling them in. Uh, right. because because the program needs folks like you to step up and volunteer. Well, so I'm guessing that uh that you took the bait and you're in so so give us uh give us a quick rundown cuz I'm sure you've already thought about this. Give us a quick rundown now of the uh uh of the stuff that folks can do to help you and what you're willing to do uh to help the Great Plains uh, state.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. I have not even talked with all the, uh, the state coordinators yet, but I'm figuring basically what we're going to do is the the mission of Appleseed and what we need to do to get started is find those ranges, fill those lines, get new orange hats and red hats and green hats and, and just move forward. And that's really what we've been doing a lot in Illinois and we've been working really hard here and everything in Illinois is growing. And things have been going so well, I think that's why Fred asked me to to go do more. <laughs>
2: well, so Illinois I'll is doing a great job and
4: uh It is
2: Illinois and Indiana because I want to give uh, a shout out to uh to Hawk because he came down and that reminds me, uh Hawk I'm I'm pretty sure you're listening. I wanna tell you thanks for coming down to uh to Texas and uh and sharing a line with us <clears throat> and uh it was great to see you again. Great to uh, to be able to uh, to put my hand in your hand and 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 be able to tell you face to face thanks for the stuff that you're doing, not just for the Opti program across uh, the nation, but for Indiana too. And Hawk is telling me that Indiana is uh, I don't know if they're already set, but I believe he mentioned the number of 140 shoots, uh, which is oh uh, a huge number of shoots. Now, if I'm wrong, don't freak out, Hawk. Uh, it'll just it, it'll sound good, right? But uh, Indiana and Illinois uh, are really coming up uh, and really going up to speed there, and they should. The Indiana, Illinois, uh, Ohio, Iowa, the uh, all of the heartland uh, of America there, they should be leading the way, and uh, I'm really looking forward. Uh, to the exciting news that's going to be coming out of the air over the next uh, the next few months, because
0: mm-hmm.
2: the Indiana and Illinois folks have always uh, uh, they've always held Appleseed close to their hearts, and they've always done a great job of filling out the lines. Well, what can we do to help you, Patriot Gal? What can we do to uh, to help you get your job done? Let folks know uh, some of the uh, some of the simplest things they can do. Uh, to help you get your job done.
4: Well, as far as just um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in communication, and so that's where I'm going to be starting. If the you know, I'll be contacting the state coordinators and meeting with them, seeing what their needs are in the states, and and I just think there are some needs out there, and so again, any resources that I can give them based on what we've been doing here that is apparently working. You know, we had a meeting with Fred in Hoghaven and Tekras, and and Fred gave us that doubling goal. And since he's done that, and that was like three weeks ago, we have a list of 11 more ranges that we're ready to bring on board. And I don't know how many shoots we're going to get out of each one of those ranges, but if we get like three-ish of shoots on each range, we've met that goal. So it's not impossible. It's not hard. It can be done. We just need to get in there and do it. Um, And so that's just what I'm going to bring to those states and see how I can help them do in their states what we've been doing here.
2: Okay. Well, I just got uh, word from Hawkhaven. Uh, He posted here in the chat that they're going to do 1,200 shoots this coming year. Oh, my
4: God, I see that. 120. That's 120, (laughs) Scouts.
2: I know. It's 120. All right. (laughs) <laughs> I just gave him a little bit of a, a coronary bump there.
4: 120 I think we're 11. looking, yeah, we're looking at 78 this next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: well,
4: doubling, you know, keep going, jumping that doubling. When is it that we're going to hit 2 million apple eaters? Uh, yeah,
0: I don't 20, know.
4: 2026 or me. something? No, I don't even remember. <laughs> well, listen, I'll we'll tell you guys
2: there. some of the things that you can do right off the bat, and that is... <clears throat> uh, to help out in your areas is just very simple things, all right? And that is uh every time you see a range, look at the range, see if it is uh, uh if it will hold an apple seed event. Uh mm-hmm. what well, I mean is see if it'll hold, I just mean see if it if it has uh, a place for a 25 meter range for at least for centerfire rifles. If it does, then talk to them and see if they will uh, be willing to hold an event. And if they will, then put that in the pipeline. If you don't want to do it yourself, hand it off to your state coordinator, all right? Hand mm-hmm. it off to the state coordinator, mm-hmm. but but be out there looking. Uh, whenever you guys have folks at your events, don't forget to mention that we need private land for uh, Appleseed Ranges and Appleseed Events, mm-hmm. all right? Because uh, private land is actually a lot easier to work around most of the time than uh, than public access ranges. So ask your folks, and a lot of folks there are willing to do it uh they just haven't been asked yet they're they a lot of the folks have land and uh and land that you can use for this good safe land for having an event so be sure and ask mm-hmm. the shooters uh when they're there on that Saturday morning or that sunday uh, uh evening uh ask if anybody has some private land and, and would they be willing to host an apple seed event all right you'll be surprised at the folks that you can get started thinking about that uh... then ask for uh... ask for stuff ask for stuff uh... that you can give away at events you know ask people to donate stuff uh... donate uh... products that they sell out in california bob is really good at that uh... bob210 he's gotten folks to donate uh... knives and rifles and all kinds of stuff to the events all right uh, Ask for those things. Talk to the uh, the radio stations and television stations in your area and just ask them if they would mind uh, doing uh, covering an Appleseed event or letting some of the folks uh, come on the radio shows and talk about Appleseed. All they can tell you is no, all right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and they can tell you yes. Uh, so you got to be doing a- all this and heading it towards Patriot Gal and uh, – and let's get uh, let's get moving on this. Let's, let's get, get rocking on it. You know,
4: the, those are some great ideas. I was taking notes here because it's just so much fun. We have had so much fun in our apple seed shoots in Illinois, and every you know, it seems like everyone that we have, we say that was the best one. They just because they just keep getting better and better. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to bringing all that over. You know, all the states are different, and they all have their own issues as far as distance and and people you know how many people they have how many people they don't have Uh, but we can start where they are and just grow from there so these are some good ideas scout thanks
2: right and uh you know there was there was there's always been uh worry uh but on both sides of the fence uh that folks have had about apple seed you know they've said uh all kinds of bizarre things about Appleseed. I can't even uh, if you read the whole list of things that I've got, uh, all the different claims and stuff about Appleseed, you would uh you would burst out laughing and sobbing simultaneously because uh they're so funny. Most of them are so funny and at the same time so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh that it would make you want to do both because it's no different than uh than uh, the than the folks that, uh, when the last uh, administration got put into power, the folks that were jumping up and down and clapping their hands and saying, oh, thank goodness, thank goodness, uh, with this new president in, I don't have to pay my mortgage, I don't have to pay my health insurance, I don't even have to pay for gas for my car now. And you know, at first you just start laughing because you go, what a ridiculous numbskull. And then after a couple of <laughs> seconds, your heart just breaks. It just breaks because you realize they really believe that. They really believe mm-hmm. it. And if that is the level of the citizens of our nation, then we are in some serious trouble. And it's the same yep. way with the things that folks will say about Appleseed. <clears throat> uh, I've read stuff all the way from uh, Appleseed is a terrorist training camp. To Appleseed is uh, uh, teaching folks to shoot uh, gays and lesbians, and uh, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And then we have folks on the Appleseed side saying, uh, "I think that there are people uh, uh, coming to shoots that are uh, uh, that are undercover law enforcement or something like that." And I always say, uh, so what? Why would you care? As a matter of fact, Uh one of the things that I do uh, when I go to a new location is I'll call all of the federal agencies. I'll call the FBI. I'll call the field offices, ATF, DEA, uh, the sheriff's department, the police department, the fire department, uh, the mayor's office. I call all of them and email them. When I'm doing a uh, a new event, a new location, <clears throat> because I want them to come. I want them to be mm-hmm. able to put their fears to rest. I want them to see uh, that Appleseed is a viable, worthwhile program, and uh, and the easiest way to do it is for them to come. And uh, so I call all of the the different federal agencies. <clears throat> we uh, what we've been starting to do here in Texas is contact the uh, The oh, I just had it in my mind anyway. It's the the chambers of commerce uh, Uh in the new areas and let them know who we are and what we're doing. And uh, we actually have a couple of ceremonies coming up where Apple Feed is uh, going to be, uh, uh, whatever it's called, like sworn into the uh, chamber of commerce. Great, because we are viable. Uh, economic mm-hmm. benefactors to the community. We're bringing folks in to stay at the hotels. They're coming mm-hmm. in to that's buy true. ammunition and food uh, and other stuff at the event. So anywhere that uh, anywhere that you can go get uh, the word path is that's what you should be trying to do.
4: Right. excellent.
2: Well, what else? Uh, what else can we do to help you uh, get started, Patriot?
4: That is a good question, Scout. I really don't know what to tell you because um, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, they haven't given me a job description. <laughs> I figured well, it was just all under well, other duties as assigned.
2: Well, you'll you'll figuring it you'll figure it out coming up, and then I'll also invite all the rest of the uh, regional coordinators to send Patriot Gal uh, uh, emails and PMs and phone calls. Uh, that would be great. To, to let her know what they have been currently doing and uh, for everybody to put their heads together and figure out how to best sew the separate regions up uh, into one uh, consolidated chunk so that all the mm-hmm. regions are working hand-in-hand uh, in hand, uh, instead of trying to figure out everything on their own. With the last thing we need is everybody trying to reinvent the wheel in each of the regions, each of the states, et cetera. So all the uh the regional coordinators, if you uh if you guys will uh, touch base with Patriot Gal, welcome her on board and let her know what you have going and then uh, listen to what she the ideas that she has, then I think we'll go get a lot uh a lot more done in that fashion. But uh don't be uh and I know that you're not discouraged, but uh that's the way that things work at Appleseed, the way they always have worked, which is <clears throat> has uh when somebody uh steps up and uh either volunteers for a job or gets tricked into doing a job then uh, then we throw them the ball and yell run and uh, That's, that's right. about how much time you have uh to figure out what you're doing before you're expected to do it.
4: Yeah. Well I've learned to ask for help in this organization and you know certainly I don't know everything and will never uh, say that I do so I'm I'm open to any kind of help to get the ball rolling or running. <laughs>
2: All right. Well uh anytime you need me help or anytime that you have uh uh you want to uh put out any additional information or uh, uh or you want to ask for help or anything like that, then feel free to call in. Alright, we'll always bring you up uh, to the top of the line.
1: I'll do uh, that
2: you thank you else, so uh, very much righty, well, like I said, be sure to call in uh email me call me anytime you uh have any questions, I'll be more than happy uh to uh to help you out.
4: I appreciate that very much, Scout thanks a lot for all you do for appleseed all righty okay take care bye bye you too
2: bye bye all right now we got uh we got another uh person on here, oh God. Uh. All right, old oh, guide, welcome to the show
3: Hello, Scout It's uh, Patriot Cal is still on there, North Country Lady says hi
2: <laughs> All right no, I, I think she, she may still scheduling. be listening uh, But uh, I was trying to hurry up and get you on Because I, I didn't want you to be covered in dust or snow or ice or anything By the time you got on, finally
3: Up here in the forest rules of the north, yeah <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of people here in Maine uh, One is is handle is boreas He's not on he's not online much But uh, he's a new IIT And we've got a couple of other people Here in Maine that are real close It's a husband and a wife team And they both want to take the hat They've been to uh, Three apple seeds And they're close to shooting riflemen And we figured this is going to happen December 3rd and 4th And uh they're, gonna, they're ready to take the hat. And Boreas, who shot riflemen with a stock factory Ruger 1022 with factory sights, is, has been helping them along. And uh, they're making good progress. So I just wanted to say that this is the seventh step from a brand new IIT that's bringing some more people along right behind him.
2: Well, excellent. Now, you've told them that. Uh, <clears throat> that the the way to to ensure that they get their uh that they improve their techniques, that the way that they hone their skills is not at the appleseed firing line, but the other uh, days of the year that they're not on the range and they do that by dry firing.
3: That's right. So make it's sure that. that they
2: know that uh that every round that they dry fire is worth uh, four or five actual live rounds, so they can be they can be uh, honing their skills to perfection uh, before they come back to the range. That's where you work it out. That's where you uh, you make the difference between uh, one eighty five and one ninety five and two twenty five is in your dry fire program. Yep. Yep, that's
3: right. That's, uh, well,
2: <coughs> well, how soon before you guys get your first snow, old guy?
3: <laughs> we got ten inches last week. Oh, really? That
2: big storm that came
3: up through We got ten inches right in my front yard. It's well, it's mostly gone now. But I'm, you know, I'm looking out the backyard snow right now. There's a little bit left. That was old man Witter. Old man Witter's wake-up call.
2: That was the winter shot across the bow, right?
3: That's right.
2: Well, that means then you guys are pretty much locked down uh for all intents and purposes until uh when uh April
3: well, we've got an apple seed December third and
2: fourth we we'll oh yeah no i'm not the, I'm uh... not saying that you guys shouldn't be doing apple seeds, because I always tell the folks that just because you live in uh uh you know in a in an arctic uh state <clears throat> that uh that shouldn't slow you down because if you live there. Then you you know what's going to happen, and you're already uh, you're already geared up to do it. So uh, if you, just because you live in a uh, in an Arctic state doesn't mean that you should slow down, you should just uh, get out there with your snow shovels and uh, and tramp down the firing line and uh, have your events.
3: Well, we've got one in December, we've got one in February. Now February is real cold here. You know, maybe not as close as Chugiak Alaska, but, you know, we won't have an apple seed, and it could well be below zero. And it's going to be a one-day seed. On Saturday, <coughs> the club has what they call the frozen Mosin. And they they bring out their Mosin the Gants and their World War II uh, battle rifles, and they bang away all day Saturday in the snow. And then Sunday, we're going to have a winter seed, a one-day Excellent. event.
2: Excellent. Well, you know, there's no way to figure out what your gear does in cold weather except yep. by being out in cold weather. That's the only way to figure it out.
3: Yep. And you can we've got read. a library sheet coming up. Yeah. And my well, wife when is that? does the Women of the Revolution. They've got, they've got uh, National Women's Week. She's going to do the Women of the Revolution, which uh, is taken right from, essentially, from the instructor's manual. and she. Uh, She's been invited to do that, and she she had a bad bout this summer, and she was hospitalized for seven weeks. Oh, my
2: gosh. I'm sorry to hear that.
3: Well, she's doing fine now, but while she was in the hospital, she was fulfilling her requirements to... she, She schedules the instructors on Tuesdays, There's a whole bunch of different people that to do instructor scheduling for apple seed and she's one of them she's a north country lady
2: okay and well listen hold on just a second let me give her thanks because because like i said that is a suck job and and i want to thank those people from the bottom of my heart that i don't have to have anything to do with that so thanks uh thanks to her that's why i said hi to hope
3: patriot gal still listening because north country lady says hello well, uh, my
2: thanks to North Country Lady because that is a uh, a thankless job. Everybody in the world is ready to yell at you if you don't uh, do it instantly and exactly perfectly. But nobody ever says uh, thanks. Well, I take that back. Some people do say thanks when they send it in, but usually it's just the opposite. Usually people are ready to yell at you, but they're not. They don't want to call in and say, "Hey, thanks for doing a job that everybody else hates." So, thank you to uh, to North Country.
3: Okay. Now. She was sitting in the hospital bed <clears> and doing this, okay? Nurses come in and say, most people that, you know, that have a laptop, if they're in the hospital, will be watching some video or something.
2: Right. I just type
3: it away on this thing. She says, what are you doing? She says, I'm scheduling rifle instructors all across the country. I said, <laughs> yes. You know, they, well, what, what's this? Well, that, that led to my doing the first hospital seat. In the
2: hospital. Oh, that's like a perfect life. idea. So, but they've,
3: they've got people that are in there for long-term care, and they have a they have a meeting room there, and they those that can travel down to the meeting room go in there and they play bingo or one thing. Well, we did a hospital seed right there, and I said, look, maybe you may not be able to make it to an apple seed, but you can send your sons and your grandsons. And then she gets a get-well card. We went to Connecticut. Uh, in March of this year and went to a, an apple seed down there and and uh, the Connecticut instructors learned that she was in the hospital. They sent her a red coat target with a perfect score signed by all the Connecticut instructors. Well, here's this lady patient that gets a get well card shot full of bullet holes.
2: This <laughs> really freaked
3: out the hospital.
2: <laughs> well, listen, I'm telling you I I was in the hospital uh, many years ago For an extended stay I got uh, run over by a vehicle And I ended up in the hospital for a long time And I'm telling you that I would have loved to have uh, Had somebody come in there And do something like a uh, A hospital or apple uh, library seed So uh, you got a nice captive audience Because they can't get away
3: Yep. Well, I just thought well, of the purpose of my call tonight before Patriot Gal got on was to, uh, to give an attaboy to Boreas, who is our new IIT and is bringing along some other people right behind him. Okay. Well, that's the update for Maine.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. And uh, uh and uh be sure and call in anytime you have uh, uh something that you want to uh to get out over the air or any kind of updates you want to give us on Maine cuz we're always uh we're always willing to listen to those. Okay. All right, thank you, sir. And thanks for what you do, Scott. Well, thank you very much. Alrighty. Uh we've got uh we've got let me see. The call screener is telling me you say that Spit would like oh he wants me to do a plug for the Facebook pages. Okay, 'cause I was I was sitting there looking for his uh phone number and I couldn't find it. So alright. <clears throat> uh, here is my request uh for you guys and that is the uh, Texas Appleseed uh page uh is the Appleseed Facebook page. I I guess we're real close to uh, a certain number of likes. Anyway, if you guys would uh would head over to the uh Texas Appleseed page on Facebook and uh hit the likes uh button, then uh, you'd be doing us a great big favor. And when you do Uh, make sure that you, uh, if you have a reciprocal page, that you uh, make a notation in the comments and say, uh, come over and hit us at uh, Appleseed Ohio or Appleseed uh, Illinois or Appleseed California, wherever, and we'll do the same so that uh, we're mutually supporting each other's Facebook pages. And uh, make sure that uh, any of the Appleseed uh, folks that – that are on Facebook that you connect with them so that uh so that we have a good uh, uh a good uh, uh quilt work as it were of uh of information all right so that is uh Facebook Appleseed Texas and then uh, we also have the uh the uh regular web page which is uh uh appleseedtexas.org i believe that is uh, i better i better check and make sure that that's right because uh, okay because uh because i have it on a favorite so i don't ever type it in i just uh, I just hit the regular page. Okay, that's it. ApplecTexas.org. All right, that's our uh, state page. So if you'll come there and uh, take a look at what we're doing, and then uh, in the comments, leave the uh, leave the link. Give us the link to your state pages so that we can link up with you guys. All right. Uh, We want to make sure that we're linking up with each other on Facebook. And uh, on Twitter, you can find me at uh, uh, Apple Feed Radio. Uh, That's uh, the Twitter account. And why am I talking about Facebook and Twitter? It's not because I have some some love of social media, because I don't. Uh, But the majority of Americans nowadays live their lives on social media. So if we're going to talk to them, that's where we're going to talk to them, okay? Don't overlook uh, the importance of social media to get your message out, not to talk about washing your hair or walking the dog or what you're eating for dinner, but to talk about uh, upcoming events, to post pictures uh, of the program. Just sit on the table. And and to help spread the message help us to set up a uh, a good mutually supporting network on the uh, social media pages all right <clears throat> so uh and then uh Kirk has posted into the chat room he's posted the <clears throat> URL for the uh, uh to find the pages and stuff like that it is appleseedinfoorg backslash facebook html Appleseedinfo.org backslash facebook html that will give you a, a place to go to so that you can find the rest of the uh, the rest of the country's facebook pages Uh we'll try to do the same thing with uh, twitter too so that uh, so that everyone can get linked up there and like I said it's not for uh it's not for posting information about uh uh trivial stuff or what it was actually designed for which is a uh, socially uh social interaction uh it's for us to help spread the message all right for us to help spread the message and the way that you do that the way that these things do it is is by being a force multiplier right so you go to uh your Facebook page or go to your Twitter account and you post something. Alright, I'll do and then uh if you're hooked up to me, I'll see it. And then when I see it, what I'll do is I'll resend it out to all the people that are on my uh account. Now we won't all have the same people. That means that uh if you have a thousand people in your account, you send it out to them and I'm one of them then I get it, and we'll have some of the same folks, but we won't have uh, all the same folks, and I'll resend it out, and I'll send it out to 2,000 other folks, all right? So that means you send out a message, and it goes out to 1,000, but then out of that 1,000, the folks who are also uh, part of the social media and are are helping you with this, they will send it out. So your message out to 1,000 ends up making it out to 10,000 or 20,000 folks, and... Uh, I don't have to tell you that uh, The whole purpose of this Is to make sure that we're in front of folks That we're in, uh, Constantly in front of the uh, Of the public So that they get used to seeing Apple Appleseed They see what we're doing They become interested in some of the things that we're doing and,
4: uh, and they'll
2: eventually come to an event They'll come to an event They'll listen to the instruction They'll shoot better uh, They'll listen to the history They'll decide that uh, they have to shoulder their fair share of the responsibility of uh, safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords them, and we'll get a helper. So that's the point of this. All right? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> we uh, we are now at uh, uh, the last portion of the show. And uh, what I want to talk to you guys about today is <clears throat> the uh, the importance of the South and the importance of the Carolinas to the war in the South. <clears throat> now, most folks, I've told you this before, so it's, it's no new thing, but most folks, they, uh, they think about the American Revolutionary War, and they think about uh, uh, New England they think about uh, boston they think about new york they think about uh, uh new jersey and uh massachusetts uh and that's where initially that's where the the battles were being fought and uh and the news was being made but after a certain point <clears throat> uh the war switched to the south and uh After the first couple of years, the war was actually mainly fought in the South, and people don't think about that a lot. They don't think about uh, uh, Georgia or Carolina uh, and Virginia being uh, battlefields of the American Revolutionary War, but they were, and they were the most important ones. Once the British uh, were driven out of the Carolinas, it was pretty much... uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, it was just, it was the end of the battle. Uh, they had been fought to uh, almost a standstill in the north. Uh, they'd switched their campaign over to the south, and then in the south, uh, they they pretty much uh, they pretty much got beat there. As the war drug on, it's no different than. Uh, Than any of the wars that you see even nowadays, you know the first uh, few years of the war, uh, people are very active in it and they're very uh, uh, they're pushing for it and they're patriotic and and on and on. As the war drags on, the the fervor dies down, Uh, the ugliness becomes more apparent, Uh, the uh, the opposing side, which uh, in in our case was the uh, um, the Continental Army, and uh, to, uh, to uh, an almost equal amount was the new Continental Navy. Because uh, England was fighting a war thousands and thousands of miles from their doorstep, which meant the uh, supply chain was a very extended supply chain just to get to the shores of North America once they landed on the shores of the North America then any of the battles that they fought in the interior uh produced a, an even greater supply chain uh that could be uh, harassed or destroyed uh, or broken on land by the uh, by the combatants on land and that's exactly what was happening the uh, uh the british were uh, suffering a great deal of attrition on their ships at sea, uh, the uh, and many people think of this as the the Continental Navy that was doing this. Uh, the Continental Navy was only to a, a small degree doing this. It was actually the greatest degree was done by privateers. Uh, that is private ships uh, who have been uh, commissioned uh, who received a letter commission uh, from the Continental Congress to uh to seek out and capture uh ships of the line of uh of uh the British or their allies and to confiscate them and then they would uh take those confiscated ships and the materials on it and sell those for a profit and it became a great uh a great uh, commercial venture. Many of the folks uh, that were fighting on land <clears throat> ended up giving that up because it was hard. It was hard uh, life fighting on land and ugly and dirty and dangerous, and there was no money in it. The uh, The regular troops weren't getting any money. Uh, they fought for, in some cases, years without any pay. However, if you switch over and became a commercial privateer, uh, you could share and get a direct profit uh, from a direct share uh, of the British ships that were captured. <clears throat> All right, in the the South, uh, in the Carolinas, you had <clears throat> uh, a great deal of the roles being, uh, of the uh, the combatants being taken over by the partisans and. Uh, of those one of the uh, the most famous ones there was Francis Marion and uh, he became known as uh, the swamp fox because of his uh intricate knowledge of the uh of the area and his ability uh to to fight what is considered like a guerrilla warfare battle. Uh, He wouldn't fight in in very many pitched battles uh, in a uh, uh, in the regular uh, mode of stand-up warfare, but uh, he did a great deal of interdiction, uh, like I said, destroying the uh, supply chains, capturing supplies, uh, destroying outposts, attacking and destroying small groups of uh uh british soldiers and uh, and then on uh, on occasions uh his men would be used as uh, part of a battle force uh, in a more comprehensive uh force of continentals and militia and uh, in a stand up fight with the <clears throat> with the british <clears throat> all right uh let me read you, and once again, I'm reading from the book, The Spirit of Seventy Six, and uh, this is the uh, the book from Castle Books, uh, edita- edited by Commager and Morris. And I've told you before, many times before, this is a great book because uh, it's not you're not reading somebody else's interpretation of how some battle went, or or what somebody is supposed to have said, etc. You're reading the letters. Of the people who wrote them, all right. And uh, now, of course, you when you're when you're hearing this, when you're reading it, you have to understand that that the people who are writing them are also not writing the letters after reading a story about the American Revolutionary War. They're simply uh, relating. Their specific knowledge of the specific event that they're talking about. So they do in many cases, they don't know what's going on in the rest of the nation, but they're just talking about what, uh, what specifically is happening to them, or what they specifically uh, uh, they have knowledge of. <clears throat> All right. Uh, right now, we're going to read about the partisan role in the reconquest of South Carolina. All right, the campaign for regaining South Carolina moved quickly into high gear. In the short space of two months, all of the interior posts were reduced, and the state, in large measure, brought once more under patriot control. In that achievement, no inconsiderable part was played by Francis Marion, who, in cooperation with light horse Harry Lee, began systematically to cut Rodden's tenuous communication lines between Camden and Charleston. The task of investing Augusta in 96 was assigned to Pickens, and Green moved directly against Camden. This was civil war, and it was ugly, all right? There is no more of an ugly war than in a civil war. Uh, Whenever whenever groups of folks that know each other and have a long history with each other when they fight it always turns ugly uh right from the beginning you saw this in the american revolution you saw this in the civil war the war between the states uh you see this in bosnia and croatia uh in the civil wars in africa the civil wars in the middle east uh, The folks who know each other and already have an axe to grind are the ones who are the most cruel to each other. Each side accused the other of carrying on inhumane warfare. Colonel John Watson of the British Army charged that Sumter's men fired upon prisoners. The houses of desolate widows had been laid waste, he declared, and innocent and neutral persons murdered by partisans. But he, in turn, defended under the laws of nations the hanging of patriot militiamen who had been placed on parole after the Charleston capitulation and then had taken up arms once more. All right, What that means is back uh, back in the American Revolution uh, and, and wars fought earlier before that, they had what you would call parole.
4: And that would mean that once
2: you were captured, the gentlemanly uh, thing that was worked out was folks were placed on parole. That means they were sent home and said, uh, you are on uh, your honor uh, not to fight any longer. Rather than go to a prison, we're going to send you home. You'll just be home in exile, but not allowed to fight anymore. <clears throat> now, this helped, uh, this helped keeping uh, the forces who were capturing the folks... They didn't have to set up prisons. They didn't have to detail them to guard them or find food to find them or take care of the medical uh, needs of these folks. They sent them home. What they would do is they would take their names and they would uh, put them on a list of folks who had been paroled and no longer allowed to fight. Now, the other side of that was is if you were caught fighting again after you had been uh, released on parole, then uh, there was a good chance that they would execute you and that's what he said that uh, that's what he defended as being right Uh, so we know that that uh, that's not going to set well with the Patriots the Whig case was presented by Captain Charlton Brown of South Carolina who recorded in his memoirs numerous instances where Tories killed the aged and harmless persons in cold blood now we know from the records that this happened a great deal not just on one side or the other but on both uh because in a partisan or guerrilla type warfare especially in civil wars uh it's very it's very prevalent you know if you have uh, <clears throat> uh your one of your family members or one of your friends killed by the uh, the the militia or the uh, the non-regular military then a lot of cases the first uh, their first recourse is to go and seek revenge and so they do they go out and kill a whole bunch of other people well now all of those people's friends and folks they want to get revenge so they do it back and forth and you have an escalating a situation where you have an escalating uh... circle of violence Both sides were equally guilty. As Andrew Jackson, who was a youthful participant, later put it, in the long run, I'm afraid the Whigs did not lose many points in the game of hanging, shooting, and flogging. They had great provocation, but upon calm reflection, I feel bound to say that they took full advantage of it. But the main objective of each side was to kill fighting men. In this kind of merciless guerrilla warfare where Jackson had his first brush with the enemy, he reminisced about his role in the revolution to a number of his friends. According to one account, he was, along with his brother Robert, a member of a company of some 40 Whigs assembled at the Waxhaw Meeting House. The defenders were deceived by a ruse as the British surprised the patriots by placing a body of Tories wearing the dress of the country in advance of the Redcoats. So you had the Redcoats coming, but in front of them there was a big crowd of folks that uh, were dressed as the locals. <clears throat> and by the time they saw it, it was too late. You had the the Tories and the Redcoats upon the uh, all the Whigs that had assembled at the Hall meeting house. Eleven were taken prisoner and the rest scattered. Young Andrew was trapped by Tory intelligence at the home of a Patriot fighter. The dragoons smashed the furnishings of the house to pieces. The British officer in command ordered Jackson to clean his high jackboots. Jackson, now you know we're talking about Andrew Jackson, the uh, future president, the hero of the War of 1812. Uh, at this time, I believe Jackson was either 13 or 14. Anyway, he has been captured at the home of a uh, uh, of another Patriot. <clears throat> They destroyed the furniture, and then the officer command told Jackson to clean his boots. Jackson replied, sir, I'm a prisoner of war, and I claim to be treated as such. Well, the officer wasn't uh, very happy with the reply. He actually took his sword and brought it crashing down on Andrew Jackson's head, on the young boy's head. Jackson uh, threw up his left hand to block the blow. And yet he carried to his grave two wounds, one a deep gash on his head and another on his hand. He almost had uh, his hand and fingers severed by the sword, and he almost had his skull caved in. He would have been dead except that he put his hand up to block the blow. The uh, the officer in charge uh, had every intention of killing him uh, by chopping him in the head with a sword, but uh, Andrew put up his hand and uh, and saved his life while receiving a, a very desperate wound that he took with him to the grave. <clears throat> now uh, Andrew Jackson he didn't speak much about his participation in uh, the American Revolutionary War uh, to many folks, but uh, he did talk to it to a friend named uh, Francis Blair. And this is what Blair Blair, uh, wrote down. He's writing this down uh, as Jackson's uh, story to him. I witnessed two battles, Hanging Rock and Hobkirk's Hill, but did not participate in either. I was in one skirmish, uh, that of Sand's house, and there they caught me, along with my brother Robert and my cousin Tom Crawford. A lieutenant of Taunton's Light Groons, Dragoons tried to, to make me clean his boots, and he cut my arm with his saber when I refused. After that, they kept me in jail at Camden about two months, starved me nearly to death, and gave me the smallpox. Finally, my mother succeeded in persuading them to release Robert and me on account of our extreme youth and illness. Then Robert died of the smallpox. While I barely escaped death When it left me I was a skeleton Not quite six feet long And a little over six inches thick It took me all the rest Of that year 1781 To recover my strength And get flesh enough to hide my bones By that time Cornwallis had surrendered And the war was practically over In our part of the country I was never regularly enlisted being only 14 when the war practically ended. Whenever I took the field, it was with Colonel Davy, who never put me in the ranks, but used me as a mounted orderly or messenger, for which I was well fitted, being a good rider and knowing all the roads in that region. The only weapons I had were a pistol that Colonel Davy gave me and a small fouling piece that my Uncle Crawford lent to me. This was a light gun, and it would kick like 60 when loaded with a three-quarter ounce ball, or with nine buckshot. But it was a smart little gun, and would carry the ball almost as true as a rifle, 15 or 20 rods, and threw the buckshot spitefully at close quarters, which was the way I used it in the defense of Captain Sam's house, where I was captured. I was sorry about losing the gun there, as about the loss of my own liberty, because Uncle Crawford set great store by that gun, which he had brought with him from the old country. And besides, it was the finest gun in that whole region. Not long afterward, while I was still in the Camden jail or stockade, some of Colonel Davy's men under Lieutenant Curton, captured a squad of Tories, one of whom had that gun in his possession together with my pistol that Colonel Davy had given to me. The Tory's name was Mulford. The gun and the pistol cost him his life. Davies' men regarded his possession of them as prima facie evidence that he had been a member of the party that captured Captain Sands' house, sacked and burned it, and insulted the women of his family. He pleaded that he was not there, that he had bought the gun and pistol from another Tory. Davies' men told him it would do him no good to add lying to his other crimes and hanged him forthwith, and afterward restored the gun and pistol to their proper owners. The Tories also got the horse I had when I was captured. It was a three-year-old colt, a fine fellow, belonging to Captain Sands himself. He was hid in the woods when they attacked the house, but they found him the next morning. The colt was also retaken about six weeks afterward. The Tory who had him was not hanged because... He had been shot through the stomach before he surrendered, and he was already dying. Take it all together. I saw and heard a good deal of war in those days, but did nothing toward it myself really worth mentioning. This is uh, from Buell, who wrote The History of Jackson. <clears throat> uh, all right, I think we've got uh, time for one one last letter. I didn't get as much out as I... Uh, as I wanted to about uh <clears throat> about the the folks <clears throat> uh, let me see let me try and get uh, <clears throat> uh <clears throat> all right we're going to uh we're going to actually read now about uh, the <clears throat> the Second Battle of Camden. Uh, this is, uh, the element of surprise was lacking in Green's advance on Camden, as Rodden had been informed of his pro- uh, approach. Facing a chain of strong redoubts which protected the ground, Green decided to fall back to Copkirk's Hill, which is a high ridge overlooking Camden, and was about a mile from it. He hoped to lure the enemy out of their fortified position, and expectations were gratified, when on the morning of April 25th, Rawdon sallied forth from the town at the head of 900 men. Against him, Green could count on 1,400, which is nearly 4 5th uh, of them, were Continentals, regular army. It was not the militia. Uh, four-fifths of the men, uh, over 1,000, were Continentals, regular uh, professional soldiers. The battle plan was a modified version of cowpins. You guys remember how Cowpens worked? how uh, they'd set up the uh, the militia in front after the fire two rounds and then pull off, thereby sucking the uh, uh, Tarleton's men into the trap and then having them faced by the regulars, the uh, regular Continental troops, and then surrounded by the regulars and Washington's cavalry. <clears throat> uh, all right, this almost worked, but here we have a problem. We have... Uh, well, I'm not going to have time to to finish this letter towards you. <clears throat> so what I'll do is I'll make a mark here in the book to to finish talking about the war in the south <clears throat> uh, at a later date. Let me tell you one thing that uh, one of the reasons that Marion was so successful it was because he practiced. Uh, he he practiced great field tactics. He never stayed in the same place two nights in a row. Uh, He was never, his men were never uh, in their tents or sleeping uh, at daybreak. He was always ready. He was always prepared, and that's what kept him ahead. He stuck to the rules. He stuck to the guidelines, and, and it meant that, it meant that he he survived. <clears throat> okay, uh, one last thing. Uh, thanks to all the folks who, who are doing commercial ventures. And uh, we have one here in Texas called Battle Road Shooting Center. You can find us at uh, battleroadusa.com. And we have some events coming up in uh, November and December. November 12th and 13th still has a couple of uh, slots left for Level 1 and Level 2 handgun. And December 3rd is the instructor shoot where we'll be giving uh, instructors a discount, a deep discount uh, on uh, the Level 1 handgun. So be sure and come to that. Thanks to everybody uh, who called in tonight and uh, and thanks their friends and their folks. And uh, we will see you again uh, next Thursday for Sheriff Mack. Don't forget, we'll have Sheriff Mack next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Thanks and good night.